Hello everybody, welcome or welcome back to Roaring Twenties. My name is Jenny, I am the host. I talk about issues that pop up in your 20s, but really they're relevant no matter what age you are. Um, today in particular, we get a little bit uh, personal, a little bit intimate, because I share my stories of growing up with an overprotective mother. I don't want to say parents because it wasn't my parents, it was mainly my mom and then also my grandmother before she passed away. Um, but if you are an Asian person like me, then chances are you'll relate to a lot of these things I'm about to say. And, and I know it's like very stereotypical, you know, to be like the helicopter parent, overbearing, tiger mom situation. But the truth is, for a lot of children of immigrants slash refugees, our experiences are very different than people who grew up with parents um, who came from a Western background or who grew up in Canada, America, whatever, because the values that we have mirror the values that our parents grew up with. And so that's why a lot of the times there'll be things that we've gone through that, you know, white kids or, you know, whoever else might look at it and be like, uh, that's weird. And that's when you start to realize maybe some of the, the parenting styles that you've witnessed aren't exactly, you know, normal, quote unquote. Um, so, you know what, let's just, let's just jump right in. <laughs> So as a kid, 100%, I would say that my mom um, is very overprotective, even to this day. I'm 22. There are certain things that she doesn't like me doing. Do I listen? No. I still do them anyways. Um, but, and you know, as a kid, I would always brush it off and be like, oh yeah, she's just overprotective, you know? And I guess that word doesn't have too much of a negative connotation, but as I'm growing older, I'm realizing just how extreme some of her mindsets and her expectations were to the point where they kind of border toxic or toxicity. And, you know, when you think of toxic parents, you think of abusive parents, neglectful parents, you know, and a lot of us are quick to brush off whatever trauma we may have experienced because we're like, oh no, they didn't hit me. So like, it, other people have it worse, you know, that kind of comparison game like as long as they didn't beat me like I'm fine but there's a lot of other things little things too I might add that add up over the years that really do affect how you live life as an adult and growing up with in an overprotective household really has changed and affected me in mostly negative ways so we'll jump into that right now so growing up, um, you know, with Asian parents, there's a lot of things that are considered normal, you know, that most Asian kids can relate to. Like, for example, not being allowed to have sleepovers. I was never allowed to have a sleepover. I never have had a sleepover to this day. The closest I've had to having one is like the grade eight trip to Montreal where I stayed. I slept away from my parents for like the first time ever. And it was amazing. I loved it. Um, but I know that's considered normal. So aside from that, um, I actually wasn't allowed to, like, go to a friend's house at all until grade five. That was the first time ever, and I remember being, like, as young as kindergarten, and every single year I would get some kind of class invitation to go to a classmate's birthday party, and every single time I would give it to my mom and my dad, and they would read it over, and instantly, like, no hesitation, they'd be like, no, you can't go, and 
I would always ask why, like, it's not fair, you know, throwing a tantrum as expected because all the other kids got to go, I was the only one who never got to go, so I experienced huge amounts of FOMO, and they would always tell me, you know, I mean, respect to this at least, they they weren't just like, no, because I said so, they always gave me a reason, and the reason was, they were very upfront about this, uh, they were scared of, you know, kidnapping, human trafficking, all that stuff, and I would be as young as, like, four years old, and they would straight up tell me, like, you know, grape minus the G, right? Like, y'all get what I'm trying to say. Just, like, telling me all these horror stories of things that they've heard, horror stories from sleepovers of, you know, being assaulted and stuff like that. And listen, I know now, I'm like, hey, that's extreme to assume that, you know, because with that kind of mindset, then nobody, nobody is safe, nowhere is safe. But I can somewhat empathize with my mom, you know, her being just, like, super anxious and worried that something would happen to me. I I get it, but I feel like I did miss out a lot in my earlier years of my childhood because I wasn't allowed to go to par- birthday parties, I wasn't allowed to go to friends' houses for playdates, I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers, and I know that those are like core childhood memory places, right? So I missed out on those years. Um, and I was constantly told no a lot for a lot of things, actually. If I was in the store and I wanted to like wander a little bit, I'd be like, no, and I remember, um, as a little girl, just, like, constantly holding onto my mom's hand, like, literally never letting go, because she would tell me, like, someone's gonna take you if you don't stay by my side, and so because of it, I was, like, glued to her hip, I was so terrified of, like, not being inside of her, because, you know, of these stories, and, and men became scary, I mean, men are scary to this day, too, um, even if it was, like, I remember, me and my brother wanted to go outside to our driveway and build snowmen because it was, you know, it was a Canadian winter, so we wanted to go outside and play in the snow. And my mom would be like, "No, you guys are gonna get frostbite. You got it's too cold. Come inside." So we would we would literally be outside for like five, ten minutes, and then my mom would like rush us inside. It was kind of annoying. Um, and then also, this is something that I think is just uniquely my family, but. You know how most kids will encourage their parents to get off TV, get off their electronics and their technology, get outside and get fresh air, right? Like, we see that all the time in Disney Channel movies or, you know, those family tropes, whatever, where it's like, no, you're on your, you're playing too much video games, I want you to go outside, get some fresh air, and then the kid will be like, but what am I supposed to do, there's nothing to do, and then the parents will be like, use your imagination, go play with forts or something, when I was your age, we didn't have any of this stuff. Okay, my childhood was very much the opposite of that because my mom was so worried about me getting snatched off the streets. She was only worry-free when I was inside the house. And so a lot of my childhood, especially in the summertime, I was indoors a lot, just like in front of the computer all day. Like my parents were never the type to, to ever restrict or limit screen time. They let, they let me and my brother go on our computers all day and so i remember a lot of my childhood memories were spent playing webkins playing club penguin playing moshi monsters whatever for days on end um because she didn't like me us playing on the streets even if i wanted to ride my bike uh my grandmother would stand by the driveway and i would only be allowed to ride back and forth down my one street like i couldn't go past the mailbox because as soon as i was out of sight she would be paranoid that i couldn't go anywhere and so we live in a cul-de-sac area right so whenever I did ride my bike I would literally just be riding in circles (laughs) like on a loop 
And so freedom was very restricted. Um, agency was restricted. I mean, I guess for all kids it's restricted, but mine was like to an extreme where I couldn't even have like a typical, you know, like go outside and just play, you know, cause I always had to be monitored. I couldn't go far. And I remember this one time, um, I was in grade nine. It was like the summer of ninth grade. And so I went to go meet up with my friend and I, I wouldn't say snuck out of the house, but I was like, hey, I'm going to ride my bike. And I guess they let me. I told them, I was like, I'm not going to be away for long. But I left my phone at home because I didn't feel like carrying it with me. And I didn't bring a bag. I didn't bring anything. I just rode my bike to my friend's house. And we just talked, rode our bikes around the neighborhood, went to the library. And I remember when I came back home, my grandmother and my dad, because my mom was at work, so she didn't know about this. To this day, I don't think she knows about this. But my mo- my grandmother and my father were like, about to get into the car and my grandmother gave me like a lecture she was like you didn't bring your phone with you we had no idea where you were we were this close to calling the cops and so they were literally seconds away from getting in their car and driving around the neighborhood looking for me because I thought I had gotten kidnapped because I was gone for an like just an hour but I didn't have my phone so they couldn't reach me Granted, I will give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, I guess I, I should have taken my phone with me because then if they had called me and I said, oh, I, I'll be home in five minutes, I, I'm safe, then they wouldn't have worried. But it was because I didn't bring my phone, you know, they were starting to get the red flag, red flags. But again, I feel like for most other parents, they just like are like, okay, be back whenever, just make sure you're home for dinner time or whatever. But like for me, that was not the case at all. And trust me, I got a bunch of other overprotective story times like things that have happened to me where now as a 22 year old I'm like damn that is so extra that is so extra and let me jump right in so um also I wasn't allowed to like walk home from school either and mind you I live in a very safe wholesome neighborhood um literally like so many people from my elementary school live in the same cul-de-sac as me and so my mom would always drive me and my brother to and from school and we would literally during the the ride pass our classmates but my mom still refused to let me walk home i remember being so upset about it in like grade four because i just like really wanted to walk home i remember it sounded so cool to me which is really ironic because a lot of my classmates would constantly complain like, oh, you're so lucky you have a ride. My mom makes me walk to school and I hate it because I'm so lazy or whatever. And in my head, I was like, damn, I'm jealous of you guys because I wanted literally nothing more than to just be able to walk to and from school. And it sounds so sad because it's something so simple. Um, but like literally, I was not allowed to walk by my well like even with my brother we weren't allowed to walk and so what would happen is my mom would drive us to and from school and then after school my uh our school got out at 3 15 that's when the bell rang but I had to wait in my school for my dad to pick me up so I had to wait an extra 20 minutes just walking around the hallways waiting for my dad to pick me up because my mom didn't want me walking home by myself which is so stupid because by the time my dad had gotten to school, I could have have already been home, right, in that time, I literally lived, like, 
less than 10 minutes like it was a 10 minute walk it is not far and it's a safe neighborhood and by the time the school lets out it's a flood of kids all walking in the same direction so like who is gonna kidnap you in broad daylight at that time when there's literally thousands of other parents and kids walking home but my mom just did not want to take that risk because she had seen stuff on the news i think that exact year or two um, there was something like in my city it was on the local news it was like a big case where this one girl went missing and to this day i don't think she's ever been found um and so that like freaked my mom out i mean she was scared before but once she saw that segment on the news she was like "Uh, uh-uh, nothing is gonna happen to my child and i remember my friends would always ask me like jenny how come you're not allowed to walk home like you live closer than i do and i told my friend i was like oh she's just scared of me getting kidnapped and then my friend like laughed in my face because she thought it was so silly um in hindsight i think it's silly too but that's just one instance um and then another time something happened was and and the sad part is these are all like like some of these were when i was like a kid but a lot of these are pretty recent too like i'm talking teenager years i'm talking pandemic years literally a few years ago perks of having asian parents um but okay so this happened in grade 11 this is my next story time (laughs) oh my gosh it's so like embarrassing saying it out loud but okay i went over to my friend's house to go swimming because she had a pool and so i was changing into my bathing suit in her bathroom and i was like oh i look good i'm feeling myself so i took some mirror selfies right and then later that night i come home um, and I show my mom just, like, the mirrors, <laughs> the, the selfies I took. Because I'm like, hey, mom, look at these pictures I took. I look so good, right? I was eating up these pictures. And then my mom <laughs> sees the pictures, and she gets mad at me. And you know that meme that's like, oh, when you go to tell your parents a funny story, but it turns into a lecture? That was literally this, because I showed her the pictures, and she gets mad. She It, like, freaks her out, because she tells me, you guys are going to laugh, but she said you have to be more careful because when you were in the bathroom changing half naked they could have locked you in there and they could have drugged you and they could have done god knows what to you like she was like literally me going to the bathroom anywhere in public she was like that's a big no-no because they can lock you in there and i'm like i do not think this is a big deal but she was like going off and off and off another time this was during um the pandemic and so i made a doctor's appointment because i needed to see them for something and because it was you know during covid you were only allowed to go by yourself like you weren't allowed to go more than one person because of covid and so um i had made this doctor's appointment by myself my mom didn't know and when my mom did find out and i told her like hey yeah i made a doctor's appointment it's at this time it's on this day but only i can go nobody else is allowed to go because of covid they don't want you know any contagions spreading around understandably right my mom gets mad she's like why like why does the doctor only want to see you this sounds really sketchy to me do not go like she was very adamant that i not go because this is what she said i kid you not I am not making these up. She said, when you're at the doctor's office, if you're by yourself, who knows what they can do to you? And she was so scared that the doctor, the doctor, not some sketchy man, my family doctor, who I've seen multiple times before, she was scared that the doctor would drug me, sedate me, and then try to take out my kidneys while I was in the doctor's office. Because if I was by myself, nobody would see what would happen to me. 
I did end up going to the doctor's office by myself, and surprise, surprise, nothing happened, but she was still super freaked about that. Um, another time, okay, so my parents don't like me, well, okay, yeah, this is both my parents, but my dad's more chill about it, it's mainly my mom, she's very adamant, like, do not go on walks in general, but especially, like, by myself, she doesn't like me going on neighborhood walks because as a girl, you know, stuff happens, and I get it, but, like, you know, with that logic, it's, like, you can't leave the house at all then, right, but anyway, so I remember every time I did want to go on a walk, and this still rings true today, if I want to just take a walk around my neighborhood, I make sure to do it when my mom is not home, luckily, she goes to work during the day, so that gives me a good chunk of my day to, like, do whatever I want without needing permission, without needing to sneak around, um, but this one time, I was like, okay, both my parents are gone grocery shopping, so I have, a like, at least an hour just to take a walk around the neighborhood, so I was going on a walk, and I guess they had come home earlier than expected, so I was taking a walk, and then the car passes me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks a lot like my parents' van. Turns out, it was their van, so the car slowed down beside me, and then my dad rolled down the window because he was driving. Dad rolls down the window, my mom doesn't like that I'm taking a walk by myself she's like how many times have I told you don't take walks by yourself it's really dangerous because you're a girl by yourself you don't listen to me you never listen to me and so she got out of the car to accompany me on my walk and so we just finished the rest of the block with her by my side and she said again during the walk like three or four more times I told you not to go on walks by yourself and you don't listen (sighs) so that's just one of many stories um and as you've guessed, dealing with this time and time and time again, it's forced me to hide a lot of things, right? I did not feel comfortable telling her stuff. Um, I still don't. There's a lot of things that I keep secretive because I know that she's going to react poorly. I know exactly what she's going to say. It's going to be another lecture of the exact same words that I have heard time and time and time again, and I am just sick of it. So instead of telling her where I'm actually going, I will just say I'm going to the mall or I'm going to study with my friends at a coffee shop because those are the safe answers. If I say, oh, I'm going to a friend's house or I'm going to a party or I'm going to the park because she doesn't like me going to the park. A lot of these places where most parents would be like, yeah, sure, that sounds wholesome and safe, right? Because nobody thinks anything happens at a park. My mom hears park and she's like, absolutely not. No, 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 no. There's certain places where she's okay with a lot of places she's not, and so I just default to the, I'm going to the mall, because she's okay with that, um, and so it, you know, it's made me hide a lot of things, and it's made me learn to be sneaky, I've actually had to sneak out of the house a few times, um, which I guess, you know, looking on the positive side of things, it's gotten me a a few good funny stories, I suppose, I remember the very first time I snuck out of my house, it was to go to a drive-in movie theater with my friends, Um, and I was, like, I think 19 or 20 at this time, so, like, you know, officially an adult, but still a child under my parents' eyes, and because this was an event uh, at night, anything where it's, like, pitch dark, my mom's instantly, like, no, so I had to sneak out of the house for that, and I I remember it was a whole ordeal where um, I had to pretend to, like, I did the classic thing where you make a, like, you makeshift a body out of blankets, so it looks like somebody's sleeping there, and I pretended like I was going to bed early, and I had, 
um, locked my bedroom door. And I told my brother about it, too, so he could cover for me. And I remember my grandmother, she was, my, my brother was, like, texting me while I was, um, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting my sneak outs mixed up. Okay, the first time I snuck out was when I went to a drive-in theater with my friends. The second time I snuck out, I think I snuck out three times, but I don't remember what the third time was for. But the second time I snuck out, um, it was to go to my friend's house, who literally lives down the street from me. But, um, you know, this was at night, so it was, like, the day before Halloween, or the night before Halloween, should I say, and we wanted to have a movie night, so I had to sneak out so I could go to her house, and we watched a movie in her basement, and we ate snacks. It was really, really chill and wholesome, but, you know, I had to sneak out. So this this night that I'm talking about was the one where I had to make a makeshift body um, out of my blankets, and I told my brother, so he was helping me with it, and so I remember I couldn't even enjoy some parts of the night because I was so anxious that I would be discovered that I wasn't actually home um both my parents were out they were working but my grandmother was home and she is also like one of the very overprotective ones so she was like walking around the house apparently she was like calling for me and I wasn't answering because I wasn't home so I told my brother like hey can you just go down to the basement I was texting him the whole time, like, can you go down to the basement, turn on the lights so it looks like I'm in the basement doing a workout or something? Can you go up? And then, you know, a few seconds later, oh, grandma's still looking for you. So I texted my brother, hey, can you actually go upstairs and turn on my bedroom lights now so it looks like I'm in my bedroom and my door is locked, right? Like, I had to pull all these shenanigans. It was giving Disney Channel problems, you know. It's, it's giving that episode of iCarly where they had to sneak out to watch the MMA fight and so they, like, got those doppelgangers to cover for them. Literally me. I mean, it gave me a funny story, but, like, that was terrifying. Um, so, yeah, I had to sneak out a few times. Um, and how else that has affected me is it's made me scared to leave the house by myself as a girl for safety reasons. Um, and, like, understandably so, you know, I feel like the world's just gotten so, so, so dangerous. Like, you have to be careful in general. But, again, with this logic of constantly like shielding your kid preventing them from going to these social outings isolating them it really backfires right because one by constantly refusing to let your kids go out and do these normal kid things it just only makes them miss out on life but then also shit's gonna happen either way you could be the most prepared person in the world and still get kidnapped you know that sounds super like pessimistic but it's true and so by constantly shielding your kid from getting kidnapped it's not preventing your kid from getting kidnapped if anything it's only preventing them from learning how to deal with a scenario if it were to come right i think when i'm a mother i'm definitely going to go about this whole safety issue differently um for both my daughters and my sons if i ever have kids but I think I would rather instead teach them, you know, teach them self-defense, teach them what to do if I am ever in an uncomfortable situation, teach them red flags, you know, what to look out for and stuff like that. And of course my mom did that, but she took it an extra step further by not wanting me to go anywhere at all. And that is where the backfiring starts, right? Um, and so I learned very recently that becoming too protective can be a form of toxicity because it's actually a method of trying to control your kid. And the negative consequences of that include, well, one, your kid is 
very dependent on you they can lack life skills as they get older um they can learn to resent the parents they get fomo for missing out on certain things and also just like i think it's a form of anxiety for the parents to constantly like work i mean like you know becoming a parent it comes with its own burdens my mom always tells me oh you're only gonna understand this when you're a mom yourself one day when you have kids you'll understand and maybe that is true you know because you create this bundle of joy and of course by natural instinct you want to protect them from the outside world but it's just impossible not to do that right because if you really wanted to them to be safe all the time well then it would turn into the plot of everything everything where they literally never step foot outside the house and that's not really living is it and so i think it, instead a better and more effective method is to teach your kid these dangerous signs and you know blah 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 teach them how to defend themselves teach them you know make sure they carry weapons weapons pepper spray on them whatever like teach them how to you know when to dial 911 all that kind of stuff teach them what internet safety is teach them street smarts teach them stranger danger tell them about the stuff the horror stories that do go on because they should know right but by the end of the day you're still gonna have to step back and let your kid live life you know they're still gonna, if they really wanted to go out and go to the bars and go to whatever and date guys, they're gonna do it anyway. So the the best that you can do as a parent is give them the tools they need to survive. Because by the end of the day, overbearing and overprotective parents are only doing more damage to their kids than good. And I think growing up in an overprotective household, um, how it's affected me personally is it's made me one, not only scared to leave the house sometimes, but two, I think it's why I've been so scared to move out. Um, a lot of, you know, my peers, they're like excited to leave because their parents have encouraged them to become independent, whereas my mom has <laughs> not. She has never been the type of mom to be like, oh, one day you're going to move out, so I'm going to teach you how to cook for yourself. I'm going to teach you how to do laundry. She's always wanted to do stuff for me. And because of that, I, you know, have become dependent. I don't know how to cook. There are certain things that I don't know how to do. But also, it's made me scared to move out. Like, I, I remember thinking, oh, I can imagine living with my parents forever. And that really was my authentic mindset at the time. But now I'm like, no, I do eventually, not now, because rent is crazy and the economy is super overpriced. Not now, but eventually in the future, I do want to experience what it's like to live away from family and to be independent. I think I could really reach my fullest potential and really grow by living on my own, by being away from family for a little bit. Even though there's a part of me that is kind of mad and a little bit resentful towards the things that I missed out on as a kid, a part of me can't really blame them for it because you have to remember that, you know, if your parent wasn't, weren't, wasn't born here and they lived in a different country growing up where the political environment is very different where the environment in general is very different you have to remember that they had a very very different upbringing than you right with my parents both of them are refugees um they both grew up in war-torn countries and so my mother has seen a lot of shit a lot of violence a lot of stuff like you know, that is normalized there, but isn't here in Canada where we live now. Things like murder, things like rape is super common, you know, assault, like straight up beatings, 
murder i already said that but like straight up murder you know and so i think she carried that trauma with her when she came to canada and so it it only makes sense that as a trauma response she is just so scared of something happening happening to her darling dear children you know maybe something did happen to her i wouldn't know because she doesn't really talk about that but if something happened to her it only makes sense that as a trauma response she copes by making sure that nothing happens to her kids by shielding them and protecting them in the only way that she knows how, right? They've witnessed so much, and it does rationally make sense why they're so overprotective versus if you have parents who grew up in Canada. So they've had your typical, quote-unquote, white picket fence experience where they got to go to school, they went to college, they got a college degree. They had, if your parents had a childhood, that was like, oh, birthday parties and sunshine and rainbows, and they got an education. It's going to be very different from people, you know, from a lot of people of color whose parents did not grow up with that, whose parents literally grew up with blood, sweat, and tears, with no money, with growing up with little food, with beating, where beatings were normal. It's a very different culture, right? And so I remember, you know, as a kid, even sometimes now, when I talk to my friends who don't have immigrant parents, um i'll be like yeah i wasn't allowed to do this i wasn't allowed to do that and they'll be like what you weren't allowed to have sleepovers what you're not allowed to go to your friend's house what your mom doesn't let you go spring breaking to jamaica like you know stuff like that and then there's me who's like you are like you're allowed to do this stuff whereas they're like hold up you're not you know so so that's when the comparison game kicks in and when i started chatting with my peers from elementary school and whatnot and i heard the stories of what they're allowed to do as if it's so nonchalant i'm like oh damn am i the problem are my parents overprotective so you know it's like it's hard not to it's hard to blame them because you have to remember that they grew up under very different circumstances and because i grew up in very different circumstances i'm gonna raise my kids very differently than how my mom raised me but again it's interesting because my dad grew up under very different um you know in the same political environment as my mom where he also witnessed a lot of violence and danger and he came here um literally on a boat to survive because his country he grew up during the vietnam war so he literally could not stay there otherwise he would have died and so it's interesting how even though my dad's experienced it too he is very much the opposite of my mom he is so chill and it's interesting how people react differently right like my mom's coping mechanism has been okay shield 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 isolate protect her from everything my dad i think has a more like okay i'll tell you what i know about safety but by the end of the day it's still your life you're gonna go out there you're gonna live it just it's my job to like inform you of what i know right so two very different responses moral of the story is that i think as we all grow up we start to realize more and more that our parents are not the superheroes that we thought they were when we were kids. We just, we remember that they're literally just human beings living their life for the first time. However, this can be heartbreaking when you look back at some of the things your parents have did or maybe some of the things your parents didn't do. And it's hard to come to terms with the fact that maybe they are a little bit toxic. I don't know, maybe they are a little bit whatever, right? I know for sure when I w- when I found out that overprotective parenting um, was a form of toxicity, I was like shell shocked. 
I was in disbelief. I didn't want to believe it because, you know, nobody wants to be like, nobody wants to admit to themselves, like, yeah, my parent is toxic. Um, but I think doing so has helped me come to terms with my childhood a little bit and also how I am and piece that together a little bit. Um, and accepting it is also one way to get over it. But if you're going through something similar, whether it's overprotective parenting or just anything else with your parents, you know, just remember that you're not alone and that it gets better. But today was a very personal episode. Um, it was a little bit hard for me to film. I'm not going to lie. I was debating if I wanted to even come on here because I'm like, Ooh, this is this is very a very intimate topic for me. But I think it's important because especially in today's day and age, overprotecting parenting, maybe it used to be just like a teenager thing, but I feel like because a lot of us are still living at home in our 20s, you know, a lot of people in their 20s, maybe even in their 30s are still dealing with this kind of stuff too, this feeling where they don't have agency, where they don't have freedom, you know, like turning 18 means nothing for a lot of us because if you're still living under your parents' roofs, you're still living under their rules and that comes with its own limitations and expectations but just remember it gets better anyways i'm gonna leave that out today um if you made it this far thank you so much for listening please give it a five-star review that would really help me a lot and i'll see you in the next episode which i promise will not be far away all right have a good rest of your day everybody talk to y'all later bye